When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Barca Talk podcast. I am Gabriel Quiroga here in Madrid, Spain. And with Argentina winning the Copa America on Saturday, more importantly, Messi winning the elusive trophy for his national team, I want to chat about this huge milestone. And joining me today is Roy Nemmer, who owns Mundo Aloisilist, and just as a great Twitter follow for me. Uh, Roy, congrats. Have you come down from the high of winning the Copa de America? Gabriel, thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, no, man, I'm still on a high. I'm still on, like, the biggest high I have ever been in in my uh, – in terms of football, anyways. I've never been this high I've been extremely obnoxious on Twitter, and I do apologize. <laughs> kind of, kind of. I think I think it's well warranted. I mean, like you know, it's been a long time coming, and you know, like I I brought you on because obviously your background with the Argentinian national team, as I follow, obviously, uh, you know, we both have a love for Messi as well. But I just want to kind of get a background of the performance of the team in the Copa America. I had a hard time watching the matches here in Spain because of the time difference, so I kind of wanted to get your profile, your background on this, and. More importantly, you know, how were they able to finally deliver the goods this time around compared to the last previous Copa de Americas? Yeah, uh, well, this team got better as the tournament went on. Uh, they were coming off two draws in the World Cup qualifiers, literally right before the start of the Copa America. They started off against Chile in a draw. They got a very, you know, they got a 1-0 win versus Uruguay. With, you know, it's never easy. And I think that was the big boost that they needed because then they went on to get the one nil win versus Paraguay. And then they got a one-week stress versus Bolivia. And that one-week stress helped them so much. And that was it. You felt this team growing throughout the tournament. You saw them playing better. You saw players adapt to their roles better. Uh, even though Scaloni kind of rotated a couple of times, you know, Montiel and, and Molina as right back, Acuna, Tagliapico as left back. The center back problems with Romero and, and you know, Temendi and Pasella and even Martinez Cuarta at one point. So the tournament went on. The players accepted their roles. I mean, if you look at someone like Lotaro Martinez, who scores goals pretty much everywhere he's went, and then you ask him to constantly drop back and help track back and defend and maybe not so much be in the opposition's penalty area, you ask someone like Martinez to do that and he does it, you know he accepts his role very well. And... Ultimately, that got them to the final, and the big, big difference in the final this time around, as opposed to the you know more recent 2014, 15, 16, is the fact that you know, obviously the big topic is Messi, but it's the fact that his supporting cast actually scored. You know, if, mm-hmm. if Di Maria doesn't score that chance early in the first half, um, chances are this probably goes to extra time and then penalties. Maybe who knows? 
So Iguain had those chances. Palacio had those chances. Messi, to a certain extent, had his chance in 2014, was not able to put it away. Di Maria put, put it away. And here we are sitting, you know, a couple of days later talking about Argentina being Copa America champions. Yeah, for sure. And I always think, you know, putting together a national team is such a tricky thing. You know, I always look at like, for example, when England had their star midfield with Beckham and Lampard and Gerard and how they couldn't come up with the goods there. I always think the national team is such a tricky thing coming up with superstars and the perfect combination of that. Do you think Scaloni was able to just fit, fit, figure that out this time of just having the, the right players, the right mix and everyone just pulling together as a, you know, as a real team, as opposed to maybe before where it was like really superstar heavy? Yeah, this one, obviously, if you compare it to previous squads, let's say the past 15, even 20 years, and even beyond that, this is the least, and, and no disrespect to any of these guys, because I, I love them to death, every single mm-hmm. one of them, all 28 that were in the squad. But, you know, there was no, like, you did not have a Riquelme or maybe even a Crespo or an Ashala or, or whoever else. This one was, you know, a more of a hard-working team, not saying the, the, the teams that came before were not hard workers, but less star-studded, as you mentioned, and more of a, you know what, we're doing this together, we're doing this as a team, and more often than not, a lot of them said, yeah, we're doing this for Messi more than ourselves, and that was like the common goal, as odd as it is, you know, it's kind of like, well, we want to win this Copa for Messi, not for us, or for Messi more than for us, so this team, yeah, Scaloni was able to, to you know, get this team to gel and credit to him because this is his first ever coaching job. Uh, he managed the under-23s like a couple of months before taking over this job back in uh, 2018. So just under three years or three years now. And he was able to, you know, try out some players and credit to him, you know, De Paul, Paredes, and Nochel. So that's been his go-to midfield for about two, two and a half years now. And he stuck with it. He experimented. He's not afraid of dropping players. Even if you play well, he, you know, it doesn't mean you're going to be starting the next game. So it constantly keeps you on your toes. And good for him. And he was he was able to do what a lot of you know, let's say quote unquote <laughs> better coaches before him sure. that were not able to do. You know, God rest his yeah. soul, Sabella. I love the guy. I miss him. But you know, he got into the final. Ultimately, wasn't able to to win it. Peckerman before Bielsa in 2002. His team crashed out in, in the group. So. Credit to Scaloni, man. He deserves every every bit of, of praise that he gets. Yeah, and it's interesting because, I like I said, I think he had the right mix. And like you said, dropping a player here and there, just keeping him on their toes, especially on the national team side, I think is really important. But did he do anything, like, drastically tactically that was the difference? Or was it just really just the player management that was ultimately, you know, the difference of getting the Copa America title? It was a bit of both. Uh, I think his uh, player management was... Was, uh, I wouldn't say spot on, but I guess spot on. I mean, they didn't end up winning it. Uh, and it helps when you have legends like, you know, Walter Samuel and and Pablo Aymar that were on the team, on the coaching staff as well, because a lot of these guys grew up, you know, in the 90s, early 2000s, watching Samuel, watching Aymar, and you're watching these guys that know what they're doing. So you kind of listen to them. So I think player management, team management, I think was absolutely spot on. Uh, in terms of tactics, there were some stuff that Scaloni did. Um, specifically maybe in the final where he he fully nullified Brazil's midfield in the first half, absolutely nullified them. Uh, he had Otamendi, I rewatched the match yesterday, he had Otamendi really moving forward uh, in the final as opposed to Romero, so Romero kind of stayed back. Um, he had, you know, he would start, let's say, Tag, uh, Acuna, and then he would bring Tagliafico on for a midfielder, so let's say for Lo Celso, and then he dropped Tagliafico to uh, defense, 
and Acuna switch him up to midfield to add, you know, some some balance, maybe some defensive balance on that left side. So there were some tweaks here and there that he did. He's still learning on the spot. Uh, I can't fault him for anything that he did throughout this tournament, not just because they won it. They could have lost that final, and I still would not have blamed him just because, you know, he's learning. It's a, still a very young team, and he's learning on the spot. It's not someone that's experienced. Yeah, it's a good point because when I was watching the first half of the of the final, one thing I noticed immediately was how he nullified the width of Brazil with the with the formation that he used, and I thought that was really key. You know, in these finals, as we we were kind of just briefly talking about the European final and now with the Copa America final, the tactical changes and momentum are so small that they can lead you to a title. And like you said, like if Di Maria doesn't conclude on that on that goal that he does. Who knows what happens? Maybe because you know Brazil had a majority of the of the possession. Who knows what happens? Obviously, maybe goes to penalty and it's a 50-50. So again, it's these little tweaks that that you know to nullify Brazil's width really frustrated them and ultimately led you know Argentina to be more compact and to defend pretty well for the most part of the game. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And you look at Di Maria. I mean, he started the match versus Paraguay. Uh, he was arguably, in my opinion, he was a man of the match, and I think he was even awarded man of the match. Played a great assist to, uh, to Alejandro Gomez, who scored. And then the next game, Di Maria was, you know, he was benched. He was, he was not a starter versus Bolivia, was not a starter in the quarterfinals versus Ecuador, was not a starter versus Colombia in the semifinals. So you're expecting Scaloni to be like, okay, well, I'm going to go with Nicolas Gonzalez, who has been that starter for two of those three matches. And I know he changes it up and he goes with Di Maria. And if you watch Di Maria in that final, Goal aside, him and Rodrigo de Paul were probably the two best players for Argentina, alongside Nicolas Otamendi and, I guess, Christian Romero. But Di Maria was, uh, he was tormenting Brazil in attack. He was dropping deep a lot of times, helping out Montiel as right back, on the right back. So he knew his job very well, and credit to him, credit to the team. And once more, credit to Scaloni for, you know, instructing these guys and, and knowing, you know what, this is Brazil's strengths, probably on the wings. Because they did not play with a number nine, which is not always easy to defend against, but he was able to deal with that. Yeah, it's a good point. Well, let's let's get to the man, Messi, the legend. This obviously, you know, this elusive title that he's been yearning for basically all his career. Really quick stats on him for this tournament: seven games, four goals, five assists, two free kick goals. Roy, is this his best Copa America performance of all time? It, it has to be. <laughs> it, it has to be. I, I mean, look. You watch him in 2015, uh, 2007, let's go back, right? A couple of okay. years ago now. But you go back to 2007, still a young kid, not his team, had an assist in the opener versus the United States for Crespo on, a, I think it was the third goal, the second goal. So he did well. He had a good goal versus Peru, a, a great goal versus Mexico. So you could tell 2007, all right, it was kind of his breakout tournament. Sure. You go to 2015, Copa America, he was incredible. Probably didn't have, did not have the same numbers as he did, uh, and maybe not as much as the influence as well. 2016, in my opinion, was was better than 2015. But if you're looking at it strictly from a numbers point of view, from a leadership point of view, from the influence point of view, from the fear that he instilled in in you know the opposition, when you take everything into consideration, this has to be by hands down his best uh, Copa America. It's uh, the numbers. Are you kidding me? Four goals, five assists, two free kicks. Uh, no, no, you can't touch him. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it's funny with the free kick thing because Messi is just for me one of the you know one of the best free kick takers. You know, if you look at the stats and the numbers and the accuracy, you know, in comparison in the Euros there was only two free kick goals and Messi had two in Copa America. That's just a comparison, right? And to me, like you said, I think back in the day he had that swagger, that young intensity where he knew he was so good he can do the one v one. But I really thought this performance from start to finish. Was Messi for me? As I've always kind of complained on the on the podcast itself, I've always had this internal debate about how good of a captain Messi is, because sometimes I want him to be more outspoken and really grab the team by the horns, especially in Champions League moments, right? That happen every year. But I felt watching him, especially just you know not only the performance on the field, but also the way he managed the team and also the way the team wanted to play for him. I also think this is ultimately a culmination of the last couple of years being the captain of Barcelona and taking all the experience, all those moments into one tournament and it all paid off for him. Absolutely. I mean, look, he, he's learned and it's, it's always funny when people say, you know, Messi doesn't have that leadership. Number one, I don't know. You don't know. No one knows what is said in the locker room, right? Maybe Messi's extremely vocal in the locker room, maybe not as much on the pitch, maybe vice versa. And sure. there's always that debate of Maradona was more vocal. And obviously we're not going to get into that. But <laughs> if, if you look at Messi, if you look at, let's say, specifically, specifically the, the semifinals versus Colombia, all right? He was as vocal as I've ever seen him. Uh, he would go, no matter the player, right? You had Rodrigo De Paul, who missed the, the penalty. He'd go, he hugs him. Leandro Paredes scores his penalty. He goes, he hugs him. Lotaro Martinez scores his penalty. He goes, he hugs him. Uh, Emiliano Martinez makes a save. Messi cheers him on from, you know, from, uh, from midfield. Uh, Jerry Mina, he tells him, you know, by la hora, by la hora, yeah. like, that's now, yeah, that's yeah. now. Like, no, you know, like, we've never seen this kind of, we've seen a vocal Messi. We, we've seen it in the past. We've seen uh, the leadership Messi, but never to this extent. And it showed so much how much he wanted this. Uh, obviously, came out later on, he was playing injured with a hamstring injury. And he, he did it. And I'm so, so happy for him. I'm happy yeah. for the team. I'm happy for everyone that that lived through all the suffering, all the pain, all these embarrassing matches, you know, the finals loss and no goal scored and the misses and this and that. But if and I, and I'm a fan, so imagine if you're Messi living through that and having that pressure on you. People say you're not a leader, you're not this, you're not that. And then you go and do what he just did. Forget it. Incredible. Yeah, and I, I really hope this carries through going forward at Barcelona because I think this is what is really key now for this kind of like last stage of his career at Barcelona is to really be an outspoken, more of an outspoken captain, share these moments, experiences with the younger players, instruct them like what he did kind of like as a mini microcosm with this tournament. I hope that he can bring that, you know, to Barcelona going forward. And this kind of leads to my next question. What is this milestone finally kind of the perception of of Messi finally winning Copa America for Argentinian fans, like for for people around you that are, I don't know, maybe on the fence about whether to fully support him because of the Maradona Messi thing. Does this finally nullify that? It does. It does. Uh, and the whole uh, these days, you don't see as much of you know you don't see too many people as opposed to previous years where you know they would compare Maradona and Messi. I think that has kind of slowed down a little bit because we've had that narrative and we've heard it for you know the past decade and plus. Now it was just kind of like Messi has the support of the country, has the support of the team, and has the support of the fans. It's just, can he actually win it? You know, can he actually win a tournament? And now that he did, it's 
<clears throat> pardon me, there, there's no, there's no more doubters. There's no more haters. I mean, what else can you say? How, like, what else can you possibly say to try and doubt him or, or put him down or say anything? This guy won Argentina. He, he captained Argentina to their first international trophy since 1993. Since then, you've had legends, guys that I've adored. You've had Roberto Ajala, Javier Zanetti. You've had Riquelme. You've had Juan Pablo Sorin. You had Mascherano. These guys that were leaders, right, in, in, in the definition, the, the standard, the classic definition of leaders, were not able to pull it off. Messi pulls it off. First trophy since 1993. Defeats Brazil in the final. Defeats Brazil in the final at the Maracanã. What else can you possibly add? What else can you possibly say to still doubt him? There's nothing. There is nothing. And ever since he won it, ever since Argentina won the Copa America a couple of days ago now, I haven't heard a single word, a single peep from an Argentine fan or a Messi hater saying anything because there's nothing that you could say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and that's a really great point. I really like the roster that you just nailed off because for me, I love Sorin so much. Oh, my God. He was one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this kind of, you know, is this Messi's last national team campaign? Does he leave on a high note or do you think he wants to do one more World Cup and give it a go? What do you think? It's got to be the World Cup. It's got to be the World <laughs> Cup. The team is on the biggest high it's been since 1993. Uh, they're sitting second place in the World Cup qualifiers in the standings. They're not doing bad at all. This will only drive them even more. The belief is there. Now the pressure is off. Right? Yeah. Now the pressure is off of these players. Not, not just Messi, but off De Paul, off Otamendi, Emiliano Martinez, Luchat, like everyone. Mm-hmm. So now they know that they are winners. And they know that they could win in the toughest stage, which is against your, you know, obviously Uruguay as well, but against your eternal rival, rivals, Brazil, in Brazil. It's not like they won it in Argentina where you could say, sure. you know, home field advantage. No, no. At the Maracanã, the place where legends five years ago or seven years ago now, sorry, in 2014, were not able to win it, right? Higuain, uh, Mascherano, everyone else, not able to win it. They took that pressure off themselves now. These guys know that they could win. And I think anyone would be absolutely crazy to step away from this now, especially right in the middle of the qualifying campaign. So, no, I, I think Messi has one more go at the very least until Qatar. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I think, you know, the way Scaloni has played Messi too, just kind of, I don't want to say like not pressuring him to make play defense essentially, you know, because that's kind of one of my complaints when Barca is, you know, he's walking around a lot. But having the team around him going forward, I think the World Cup, and like you said, that's a really great point. The pressure is off them. I think that's, you know, we, we it's very understated, right? Because the thing is, they've had all this pressure. This generation, this team, this group of core players have had all this pressure, like you said, in the last World Cup in Brazil that they didn't, they didn't come through. And I think that's a huge thing. And like you said, they're riding high with momentum. So with the success of the Copa America and now with Messi's campaign, is he the front runner for the Ballon d'Or this year? What do you think? Who else? Yeah. <laughs> Who else? And I'm, I'm not hating on anyone else. I'm, I'm really not, really, really not. But who, who else? Uh, like, name MVP of the Copa America. Wins the Copa America. Had the season that he had with with um, with Barcelona. I'm talking a personal, right, an individual one. I know it was Atletico that won the league, and obviously they didn't sure, do sure. well in the Champions League. But if we're looking at it from a strictly from an individual point of view, do you have Lewandowski? Potentially. But who else? 
Yeah, it's a, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, the thing is, right, he won the Pichichi, obviously, for La Liga. Uh, but yes. I think, you know, the thing is, you know, obviously winning the Copa America just just puts that even, you know, heavier, right? Because if you look at Lewandowski, I, you know, statistically he had more goals. But what did Poland do in the Euros? They didn't do anything. They didn't even get past the, the knockout stage. So those are things. And the other things, you're, I mean, I love, first of all, I love your background because of all the Argentina jerseys and, and Messi things. <laughs> so I always, I always love talking about this. And the other last thoughts about this, this Copa America campaign. I mean, you're going to keep this game in your DVR forever and ever or what? <laughs> DVR, hard drive, external hard drive, backup external hard drive, phone, tablet, first laptop, second laptop, desktop. Did yeah, I miss yeah. something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this this is the thing, right? It's like, you know, when I was, you know, today here in Spain, they were showing all the video of Messi returning to Rosario. And if you haven't seen it, you know, for the audience, you got to check it out. It's it's amazing. Just the homecoming that he got. You know, I don't know if you, you were able to see it. Were you able to see it at all? The Yeah. Yeah. Like when he was trying to drive home. There's so many people in the streets that he has to go onto the grass of the sidewalk, right? And I was kind of like, Messi should just take a helicopter. Like, why are we doing this, you know? But anyway, it was really great to see because, you know, obviously the family, you know, when his wife greeted him at the airport and stuff. I mean, you just – you can I, – I don't know if it – like, if you have the same feeling with me. But, like, when I was watching this video of him returning and stuff, it's just like this relief. This gorilla has been lifting. You can, like, just see it on Messi's body language which is great because the support of the community now, Rosario, like, I mean, I know, I know it was there, but when you see it in, on live video and stuff, it's just something else. It's it's different. It's different. And I'm not saying, you know, be Rosario or Buenos Aires or anywhere else in Argentina, Cordoba, Mendoza, doesn't matter. But, you know, he's had that support in the past couple of years, right? At least since 2014. He, he's had that support. But, for like, the day or the night prior to uh, the Copa America final, you know, there was in Rosario, people were in the streets and people were, you know, in anticipation. They were showing their, their support to not only Messi, but, you know, Di Maria, Lo Celso, who are also from Rosario or from Santa Fe. And you saw that support, not specifically just for Messi, but for the team. So there was that belief. And for them to finally win it. And then you see, like you said, uh, like you mentioned, you saw that relief, that pressure being taken off him. And even he said it after after winning it, he said, it, you know, that thorn has finally been removed. You know, he got that monkey off his back. And he mentioned as well, he said, yeah, you know, I would lose finals. I'd go on vacation. And the first couple of days, we'd all be sad. And then we'd get over it. He said, now it's going to be different. And that affects you. If you're a player, it doesn't matter if you're messy, whoever it is. When you come out and you say something like, I'm going on vacation, I'm going on holiday with my family. And the first couple of days, we're sad about it. You cannot tell me that pressure does not get to you. I don't care who you are. I, it doesn't matter. That pressure gets to you because going into that final, you're thinking, okay, well, if I win, that's great. If I lose, I have vacations coming up and you start thinking about your family. And there's a reason why all these players, when they win, they all mention their families, the sacrifice, yeah. I haven't yep. seen them. Emiliano Martinez, he was with the Argentina team when his uh, when his daughter was born, when his wife gave birth to their, to their daughter. He hasn't seen her yet. He said, I haven't yeah. seen my daughter yet. So... You know, these are sacrifices that these guys go through. And to get that win for Messi, it it takes that pressure off. And like I said, for the younger generation, for the other players as well, they got that pressure off as well. And it's, it's so good to see. Yeah, for sure. And I also think, too, you know, not only is it, you know, as you mentioned, you know, the pressure being relieved. But I also think, you know, it's just like anything. When you go through this 
enormous experience you can always look back at. And I know Messi's won Champions Leagues and La Liga, but there's just something different with the national team and that pride that you have for Argentina. And, and that's the thing is that now going forward, like you said, the momentum, they are definitely World Cup favorites now going forward, you know, because in the Euro Cup, as we just saw recently this past weekend, the teams, there's maybe two or three teams I would say as well, you know, um, Italy being one of them. But I would say I would put Argentina right now as a top four and one of the favorites for the World Cup coming up. And that, to me, I love that because I love seeing a powerhouse favorite Argentina going into the World Cup. You know, that I it brings back the old memories of the 80s and the early 90s of those powerful Argentinian teams. And I'm really excited for this upcoming World Cup. Obviously, I'm not excited about the dates of the World Cup, but I'm excited for the World Cup coming up. But <laughs> well, well, Roy, thanks for joining me. I always appreciate every time your Argentinian experience or expertise. And yeah, where, where can we follow you on social? Yeah, uh, so at Roy Nemer, it's the same. I mean, R-O-Y-N-E-M-E-R, uh, at Roy Nemer, um, or at Mundo Adi Celeste uh, on uh, Twitter as well. So Twitter, it's at Roy Nemer or at Mundo Adi Celeste. Um, and yeah, it's always a pleasure. Always good talking to you, Gabriel. It's fun. This is the first time I'm on the show. We're speaking, and um, I'm this happy. Like, yeah, I, obviously, I'm, I'm happy doing the show, but like this one just feels. You know what I mean? It's slightly different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to come on and say Argentina are Copa America champions. Wait, in case in case that cut, I'm just gonna repeat it. Argentina <laughs> are Copa America champions. <laughs> hey man, I I know the feeling. You know, it's 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 one of those things where. You know, whatever team you follow, right? And yeah. they are in the sinkhole for so many years, and then they finally do it. It's just pride, relief, joy, right? Like you can't like I remember, for example, my Warriors, my Golden State Warriors, when they finally won a championship, which I never thought was gonna happen in my lifetime. I was elated for like four weeks after I couldn't stop watching videos. And I imagine it's the same thing. You're just on YouTube where it's like, let me see this, let me see that. Let's let's go through that. I've so the match ended here at 10 p.m. Eastern. Okay. From anyway, a bit of, you know, tweets and nonsense and whatnot. And then I had, you know, a live YouTube thing. I went to bed on Saturday, well, I guess Sunday, at 4.30 a.m. I woke up Sunday at 7.30 or 7.45. I'm not going to lie. 7.45 a.m. I slept for three hours. Woke up. Everything's good. Not, not tired. Energy levels are as high as I've ever been, as they've ever been. Good day. I, I've downloaded the game. Uh, in three with three different commentaries so i have three different versions watched it once already it's i've watched the you know the highlights again and you know watch the highlights in english and french spanish i still have to find a portuguese one preferably brazilian <laughs> portuguese yeah, yeah, yeah but you know you see the pictures and you you can't and you know I'll, I'll i'm not ashamed to say it i spent most of after the game saturday crying uh sunday I'd look at pictures or watch highlights and I'd tear up again. It's, uh, I couldn't, I could, it's, uh, you know, the feeling, right? You, you oh, yeah, yeah, it. for sure. For sure. It's, for sure. Okay. I always, you know, there's, there's a great movie fever pitch, the original fever pitch about the teacher who supports Arsenal. And he just has a great line. He said, I've never loved anything for more than 20 years. And that's how we are with our sports true. teams. You know, it's like, that's it's, true. it's like a relationship that we go through up and down and this is why you feel the highs of highs and the lows of lows. It's there's I mean, think about all your childhood going through, you know, high school, college. It's it's something you continue to follow. And when you win these moments and these championships, this is why it's emotional and it's perfectly acceptable. These are the things of, you know, following your favorite sports team. So, yes. So yeah, I totally understand. Yeah. It's, you know, I just think back and 
Anyways, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's great to always talk to you. Hopefully, we're going to talk more this upcoming season. And again, thanks for you know giving us your expertise on the Argentina national team as always. And until next time, Forza Barça. Podcast Network.